Hey girl, assalamu alaikum, what's going on? How have you been, dude? I've been gone so long. Well, this is the Auntie Liz podcast and you know we always have something good, so get ready for this. This podcast is brought to you by Spotify. If you don't know what Spotify is, you've probably been living under a rock. They have all of the music if you're into the music, and they have all of the podcasts if you're into the podcasts. So make sure you check it out. And this is brought to you by the Anchor app, where you can listen to different podcasts and you can also make your own podcast like I did. All right, let's jump into it. So, yeah, I was on vacation. It was wonderful. That's where I have been. Sorry to have such a long delay. Uh, Yeah, we were out of the country, so it wasn't really convenient or easy to do a podcast while out of the country. There wasn't a lot of time. You know, you're always running around, especially when you're traveling to see family and but it was wonderful. I if you guys have never been to Bosnia, I a thousand percent a thousand percent like do it get your ticket and go it's a beautiful beautiful country everyone is really nice i mean you know granted there are some people that aren't nice that's just how they are but for the most part it was really nice and it's really safe for children i fell in love with that aspect of it your kids like the little kids from elementary school are walking to get ice cream after class by themselves like Nobody messes with them. Nobody, you know, tries to kidnap them or anything like that that we have here. It's very, very safe for kids. Everybody loves kids. Everybody is kind to them. Just be like, hey, you know, be careful. Stay out of the street. And everything is fine. Nobody, you know, messes with them. Just lets them go about their day. I thought that was so lovely. Okay, so that's a little bit about me and my trip. But, yeah. So... Let's jump into Let me take a drink real quick, girl. I'm parched. Okay. All right. So, I got a message from a listener. Thank you. About how to deal with in-laws. And there's a conversation that came up with me and my best friend just yesterday. And we were talking about in-laws and parents and how to do things, you know, how to deal with certain situations. And me and my husband also had the same homeboy husband, Dr. Professor David. (laughs) We also had this conversation about in-laws and parents and how there's always a disconnect for some reason. So, like, especially if your parents are refugees And the kids weren't born in that country, but they came here, like the parents came here and then had their kids. Like it's a complete disconnect for some reason. And we were talking about that. And we were talking about, you know, how to deal with in-laws and coping with them, living with them, especially when you have kids, things can get kind of out of hand, especially if you're a mom you're kind of like overlooked and you don't know anything. They know better because they've been around for so long. So it's a lot of uh, respect things that go along with that. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to write. 
<laughs> so like um the message came up and she asked if I could give some advice on in-laws. So if you don't know, I lived with my in-laws for two years. When me and my husband first got married, we were young, dumb, and had no dough. <laughs> wow, we were 22, you know, fresh out of college, not, you know, you have to start from the ground up. You have to work your way up. It's hard. You don't have money. You have a bunch of student loan debt. If you can relate, you can relate, girl, and a lot of you can, and I know it. So, I mean, it was it was really, really hard because you're living with essentially complete strangers. Like, I mean, you know them, but you don't know them. And it's weird because it's not your family, and each family does things differently. Even if you culturally come from the same background, things are still done differently because it goes family to family. You know what I mean? So it was really hard. That's living with in-laws is probably the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do because it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived with my in-laws for two years. There was a lot of uh, a lot of disconnect, a lot of misunderstanding on both parts. Um, There's there's no way to push the blame off all on one person you definitely have to share the blame. You, you know, you're living in these people's houses. You're doing um, so many different things. It's just it's just hard to get accustomed, to get acquainted, to trying to understand where they're coming from. It might sound like yelling to you, but really they're just trying to tell you like a life lesson. And that part, that part's hard. Um, so me and my husband... We came up with a plan, and our plan is any problems I have with his family or any problems he has with my family, he will talk with his family, and I will talk with my family. Because when you're dealing with a problem or a situation, no one's going to understand your family better than you. Nobody's, you know, I'm not going to fully understand my husband's parents and where they're coming from or anybody in his family like that, but he will, you know, because that's his family. And then he's not going to fully understand my family and the problems and things like that. And there might be a miscommunication, but I will. Like, I'll understand. I'll be able to say, hey, you know, like, that's inappropriate or, you know, things like that, of that nature. It just comes easier from the person who's related to them from another person who's not if that makes sense so I mean that's that's how we handle ours and we've been doing that for years um and it really helps and it helps to bring like the stress levels down so if I'm like hey for example if I'm like hey your mom said this 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 to me uh can you talk to her because I I I can't (laughs) yeah I really I can't And he will, and he'll just be like, oh, you know, it was a misunderstanding. She meant it this way, but the way it came out, because her English isn't the best. So, I mean, we do it, we definitely do it that way, so it's easier. You have a better understanding on both sides. Um, So that's how we deal with the situations in our families. Um, And we, yeah, living just don't. I highly do not recommend living with your in-laws ever. Like, for me, 
it's better to struggle with your spouse than to live with your in-laws because I've seen a lot, a lot of marriages where they live with their in-laws and the marriage just dissolves. Like it doesn't work out because it's a lot of stress, you know, a lot of frustration. It's just, it's better to live on your guys' own even if you don't have the money and struggle because when you are struggling, you're going to have a better appreciation for each other and for things and you're going to learn how to be smart about your money so for example me i was living on my own at 17 i left home at 17 i went off to college i lived by myself i had roommates my husband never did any of that he was always at home and he's an only child so he wasn't used to like struggling to you know things like that but then and it was really hard at first when we did end up moving out because he didn't he didn't get it. But I mean, it made us stronger. Of course, we had arguments. I'm not I'm never going to deny that. We've had arguments, and that's probably one of the hardest things is when you are freshly married, you are going to have arguments about certain things. They say the first 2 years of marriage <laughs> the first 2 years of marriage result in like, I think, like, the divorce rate is, like, 50-50 in the first two years. And then it kind of chills out for a little bit. And then when you get to the eight-year mark, it's probably, like, 50-50 again. So, I mean, it's just, like, that fresh marriage. You're going to have arguments. You're not going to understand. But you just got to give it time. And, I mean, the struggling does bring you guys closer. So, I would always suggest that over living with your in-laws any day i'm sorry i sound out of breath um i'm five months pregnant almost six so yeah i'm just i'm always out of breath i'm sorry (laughs) haven't did it i'm pregnant but i'm just always out of breath um yeah so definitely that would be that would be my advice and then with children Subhanallah, I don't I don't know what it is. Um my parents do it, my husband's parents do it when it comes to our our son. They think like they have the upper hand, they know more, and they do. I mean, you know, they've been around longer, they've had children, they've, you know, done all of this, especially with small children. But at the end of the day, they have to understand you're the parent. So for example, Something that constantly pops up with um, my in-laws is giving my son a bottle. Like, my son will go to the cabinet. He knows where it's at. They will pick him up, put him on the counter. He will open that cabinet door, and he will pull out a bottle. My kid's almost two. We are no longer doing bottles. He, no, he has beautiful teeth. I want his teeth to stay beautiful. That's just, that's just not, not for us. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this is something we go back and forth on almost daily is the bottle. Oh, it's okay. It's not. You put it in a sippy cup. Oh, he doesn't like a sippy cup. Then why is he drinking out of a sippy cup at home? Like, it's that that type of thing. So, I mean, for certain things, you just have to say, look, you know, I'm the mom. I'm the parent. This is how we're going to do it. And that's the end of it. And I mean, that works. Even though my son still goes to get the bottle, I'm like, look, you give him that bottle, I'm cutting the nipple with the scissors and we're done. 
because it is it is to that point and I'm always trying to be very honest and very direct when I do do my podcast and I always bring like you know situations that are relatable in my life so then everyone can get a feel for it so I mean that's how I handle that situation and then my husband will be like you know pull his mom to the side and say no like come on mom like he is too big so I mean you have that sorry again I'm so out of breath girl oh this kid is weighing on me um so it's definitely like that so you just have to pick and choose your battles um definitely have your husband talk to your in-laws when it comes to things like that because it's just it's just easier to take and then you always have to have a respect for them i mean in islam you don't even have to talk to your in-laws because you married the man not his family and a lot of people will be like oh that's wrong i've been told that that's wrong but that's true i don't have to talk to my husband's family i don't have to do activities with them i don't need to go to their house i don't any of that islamically i don't have to but it's so ingrained in people that culturally you have to okay culture is way different than islam in islam i married the man not his family in culture when you marry the man you also marry his family i don't have to take care of his parents that's his responsibility not mine I don't have to talk to them. I don't have to call and check on them. I don't have to invite them over for dinner. I don't. None of that is my responsibility. So, I mean, if it is that extreme where it is a horrible, horrible situation, just imply that. Be like, look, that's not my responsibility. That's yours. You handle it. I'm going to stay over here by myself. And sometimes me and my husband do do that when things get out of hand. (laughs) I'd be like, no. I'm going to stay home. You and our son can go see your parents. I'll be here cleaning or sitting down watching an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta because (laughs) I just, I can't. That's not my responsibility. But I mean, if you, you do have to respect them in a certain, in a certain light to a certain degree, you still have to show respect for them out of love and respect for your husband you show respect to his parents and i think that's what a good mix of culture and islam would be personally i do just having that respect being polite even if they're not polite and then when you get to the point where you can't take it anymore you just tell your husband hey you know i'm going home or look that's your responsibility you handle it i can't and i feel like that's going to be more accepted than if you just constantly let them push, let them push, let them push. Because, girl, I know they're pushy in-laws. They constantly push, then, I mean, you got to remove yourself from the situation. It's going to cause arguments. It's going to cause fights. I completely understand that. And I also understand that If you're not being respectful or trying to go in with an open mind and listen to everything they're saying, that you're also going to get disrespectful. So it's kind of like a teeter-totter. You know, like you have to have a certain level of respect even when they're disrespectful and you have to remember they're older. So when it gets to that point, just make sure, you know, you say, hey, I can't anymore. I need to 
leave. This is not for me. And make that make that clear to your husband. Like, this is causing me so much stress. Like, I don't know what to do. For me, <laughs> what I tell my husband when I'm getting stressed out is please handle it. Because if you don't, I'm going to scream and throw everything away. <laughs> my husband knows that I'm serious and he'll handle the business. He'll he'll take care of it. <laughs> That's just what I say. That's just my husband. He gets it. I'm a lot. So he understands. And then the other thing we were talking about was parents and like your parents. And your parents are a lot too to handle. Everybody's parents are. They're pushy. They're nosy. <laughs> this is this is how our parents are. All of them. We know that. We love them anyways. They're our parents. But the thing we, like, me and my husband were discussing last night, yesterday, was there's a huge disconnect in between, like, refugee parents and first-generation kids. So, for example, my husband's a refugee. He came here. He was born in Bosnia, and he came here when he was, like, five or six. So, like, he was born over there. But he was raised here, so his his outlook is different. It's not like 100% the outlook of an older Bosnian person that came as a refugee. And it's not 100% um, a kid, like a kid of a refugees that were born here and raised here. So his outlook is different. And he understands more because he does have that perspective of having both. And we were talking about how, but like even in even in his family. Well, I mean, we were talking about specific, a specific situation with specific people, but we were even talking about in his family how, there, every adult in his family is a refugee. I think, yeah, I think my husband is the cutoff. No, one of his cousins that's a bit younger than him is the cutoff. So there were a few of them that were born in Bosnia and then brought, and then they came here as refugees. So they're refugees. And then their kids are first generation. So our son is first generation. And the ones that were born over there, their outlook is completely different. And they're more appreciative uh, of their parents, of their parents' struggle. They remember seeing, you know, their parents working like 12 hours a day, six days a week. And just things like that. Like, they remember that. They see that. They they understand that. So they work their butts off. And then you have the ones that were born here. I mean, they understand the, you know, the lifestyle that they had before. They understand it, but they don't fully grasp it. And they don't really reflect, reflect on it. And... It's just, they're very, not all of them, some of them, and I'm not saying specifically to his family, it's just something we've noticed with many different refugee families, refugee kids, refugee parents, that the kids aren't really, like, appreciative of the struggle that their parents had. Like, they don't get it. And not necessarily the struggle they had in their country, but the struggle they had when they got to this country. Because, I mean, you're leaving your land, you're leaving your people, you're leaving your family to go to a completely different, completely different place that's halfway around the world where you 
don't know the language, you don't know the money, you don't you don't know anybody, you don't know anything. You just know like you have to go there to try and provide a better life for yourself and for your family and that's it. But they don't see like the bravery in their parents, like how brave they were for doing all of that. Like me, girl, no, I'm 30. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm 30. And I think it would be hard with how old I am to leave because I've always lived in the U.S. I've always lived here. This is my home. This is my land. These are my people for better or for worse. And I think it would be extremely hard, like extremely hard to leave, to go live in a country where I don't know anybody where I don't have any family, no support system. I don't have my village, you know, to uplift me and support me. I don't have any of that. I don't know the language. That would be, for me, that would be the hardest thing, especially when you have a little kid. Because I don't know the language. I don't know how to use the money. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know any of these places. Like, how does the job system work over there? Is it like... It is here in the U.S. where we have equal opportunity and you have, like, they have to hire you. Uh, Or is it like, for example, one of my friends is from El Salvador. When you get to a certain age, you won't be hired and they can fire you for whatever reason. Or is it like that? Or, you know, is it something different like how they have a setup in a different country? And, you know, you you don't know anything any of this you don't know the good neighborhoods you don't know the bad neighborhoods you don't you just don't know and I feel like that's the scariest thing is you're going to a completely different place where you know absolutely nothing where you have no friends you have no support system and you have to be so brave and you have to learn everything so quick and especially if you're not a person that picks up on things quick that's even rough that's more rough like, that's rougher for you. Uh, uh, that's just the conversation that we had. Is every refugee, you know, that's your parents, your in-laws, they're brave and you have to remember how brave they are. You have to remember all of the courage it took to leave and to come here and to fight, to scrap, to survive. And a lot of the time, they're still stuck in survival mode that they don't have time to raise their kids properly or to, you know, sit down and understand where you're coming from because they had completely different issues when they were your age. So, for example, my in-laws were in their early 20s when they came, not even 20. Like, yeah, they were in their early 20s when they came. Very young, by themselves, with this five, six-year-old. Like, what, what do you do not there's not a lot of family around there was like one sister here and that's it like how how does that work how do you handle that like how brave you would have to be even though how scared you would have to be at the same time but you got to be tough because you got your kid with you I don't know that was just something that we were discussing yesterday and how there are a lot a lot a lot of these kids are not appreciative of that I mean, they feel like their parents weren't really, you know, there to support them or, 
you know, oh, back in my country, it was like this. But at the same time, the kids aren't understanding that their parents are still in survival mode a lot of the time. And now that we are adults, we can stop, we can reflect, we can understand, oh, you know, this is why they said this, this is why they did this, this is why it was like that. Because we're adults now, we understand things, we can sit there and appreciate the hard work that they did, the bravery that they had. We can reflect on all the things that they said. (laughs) Well, when I was growing up, it was like this, even though it's completely different because it's a completely different time. It's a completely different country. And I mean, we have to have that understanding of where they're coming from. And we have to reflect on all of the things that they've done. And, you know, there's stories. A lot of the time they'll tell you stories and things like that. But we have to understand as their children that they're still in survival mode. And I know I keep saying that, but that's true. Like, once you're in that, once you are in survival mode, it's so hard to come out of survival mode. So yeah, they'll be doing a lot of new things that they picked up here. And they're also going to be doing a lot of things that they used to do at home. And a lot of the time they don't have that. I don't know how to explain it. Like they're stuck in the time that they left their country. You know what I mean? They're not with the time that's there now. And they're not with the time that's here now. Like in our country. In any country. They're just stuck in that time of when they left their country. And then they bring those same, all everything over with them. And when they try to instill like morals and values in you, yeah, like it seems old school, but it's for a purpose. Like they're stuck in that time. They're stuck in survival. They're just stuck like that. And we kind of have to understand that. I mean, take a lot of it with a grain of salt, but also reflect on how how things were done differently and there's a reason why your parents you know tell you certain things or act a certain way I don't know it was just that's just what came up with me and my husband yesterday it was it was a lot like living with in-laws and I'm like girl look I wouldn't do that for no money again (laughs) but I mean it is it is definitely hard so for your in-laws Definitely remember to come up with a plan between you and your husband and, you know, make it work like that's your family. You talk with them about, you know, issues and I'll talk with my family about issues and we'll just leave it at that. When it comes to the kids, we need to have each other's back when dealing with things, especially in front of parents and always have respect for them. You don't even have to like them to have respect for them, but just have respect for them and then when it comes to your parents especially if your parents are refugees just try to be appreciative of of their struggle and try and have some understanding about it get some perspective on it and just reflect you know like that I'm telling you that's one of the hardest things for me that's very scary I think anybody that comes over here as a refugee or you know, you leave your country to come here to get married. I have friends that have done that. For me, you have to be very, very brave. For me, that's very scary. I don't I don't think I could do that. 
I'm tough, but I'm not that tough, girl. But yeah, just, I mean, keep those things in mind. Try to use them and incorporate them in how you handle certain situations. Don't always lose your cool. Always stay cool in front of your haters. And then when you get home, just yell about it. No, I'm joking. That's terrible advice. But <laughs> but definitely have something planned out with your husband on how to interact with each other's families. So then you guys can do it in a respectful way. That's not going to step on anybody's toes. Um, yeah. And just just try and have some perspective, some understanding and reflection on both your in-laws and your parents on you know, why they act like that, the reasoning, things like that. Try to see it from their point of view and try to have a plan in place on, you know, how to deal with it, how to, you know, talk, because I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding with both, especially if you grew up here and your parents grew up somewhere else. They don't fully understand everything that you say or that's going on or that you're doing but just you know try and explain it have some understanding from where they're coming from and always do it with a respectful manner always I mean they may be annoying but we love them (laughs) they may be so annoying but they're our parents they're our in-laws we still love them we still have to show them respect and you know Inshallah, it will get better. But just try those things and let me know. All right, guys, I got to go clean this house. (laughs) All right. Assalamu alaikum. Have a good day. And you can always email me at theauntielistpodcast at gmail.com or slide into those DMs on Instagram at theauntielistpodcast on Instagram. So let me know what topic you guys want to hear next and... I'll make something up. No, I'm joking. I'll research it. <laughs> I'll research it. All right, guys. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Have a good day. See you later. Peace out, Girl Scout.